I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 215 in which I'm back in the saddle. And I'm recording this on Friday, November 18th, 2022. Um, it's about 5.30 p.m., and I actually just sat down at my sewing machine for a good half hour. And that was such a thing I needed to celebrate that I just thought I would share it with you. Um, I know it's been a whole long while. Um, I will be amazed if anybody actually even picks up this podcast episode, but um, there actually is a reason for all of that. Um, I recorded my last episode right before going on an extended vacation with my husband for a couple of weeks. It was our 35th anniversary celebration, and we had a wonderful time away. Uh, we got home, and the next day or the day after, I flew out immediately for a series of work meetings uh, that I was going to be gone for a week. When I got there, uh, like the second day of my meetings, my husband texted me that he had just tested positive for COVID, which of course meant all sorts of adjustments where I was. Uh, in other words, we had to kick my roommate out of my room. <laughs> and um, I said that was sort of a, a long way around to get my own room for the week. But um, I stayed I did participate in the meetings and I went for meals and everything. I just stayed masked and I tested myself just about every day. I never actually got it. But by the time I came home, my son was also then testing positive. So I went straight to a hotel and stayed at a hotel for about uh, five days until the house was clear. And then I was able to move back home. And by then, uh, within another week or so, I was back off traveling for work again and then that time, I did indeed come home with COVID. <laughs> so uh, it, it was kind of one thing after another for a while there. And then um, I was, I'd recovered for, I don't know, a couple of weeks, I guess I was doing okay. And then my mother-in-law had a health incident, which sent her to emergency and then into the hospital for two weeks. And then out of there into rehab for two weeks. And then once she did get home, there was all sorts of stuff around getting her um, the care she needed at home, and figuring out just what her status was. I am pleased to say she is now pretty much back to herself, with a couple of exceptions. She can no longer drive, um, and she still uh, has to really be careful. She's now using a walker full-time, which she hadn't really before. You know, it's arguable whether she probably should have been before. Anyway, um, that that part of our life is now settled down and she's doing okay, which is good. Um, but all of that meant I really just lost the entire summer um, and a significant part of the fall because by the time I did, by the time all of that was settled down and I was working during all of that, but getting, you know, just barely getting the minimum of what I absolutely had to get done, done. So by the time I was able to kind of fully return to work, I was so far behind. So it just, it's been a thing. Um, frankly, it's a summer I'm really glad to see the back, or I was glad to see the back of. Uh, it was good to get into the fall, but 
it was really just the last couple of weeks that I started feeling finally kind of back in control of what everything was going on. So um, I have been in more of a position over the last couple of weeks to actually start even thinking about my um, artistic creative side and doing the quilting and all of that. I just didn't have the brain power, the energy, anything. Couldn't do any of it. So uh, last weekend or two weekends ago, I don't remember, I think it was last weekend, I spent a couple of hours just <laughs> uncovering my sewing table and cutting table. Of course, in all of that mayhem, everything had just gotten stacked. So I uh, spent a lot of time cleaning, and that made it much more likely that when I did have a random 15-20 minutes, I would actually be able to do something. Uh, so tonight, as soon as I got finished with work, um, I immediately, or I guess it started with last night, because my husband and daughter were watching a little bit of TV that I wasn't that interested in, I came up and I finished the pressing that I had stopped in the middle of, oh, months ago um, on Storm at Sea Units. And then this afternoon after work, I was able to finish sewing and piecing. I'm at the point now where each storm, I guess I'm moving ahead into talking about the projects I'm working on now. Um, the Storm at Sea quilt. How long has this been going on now? Two years, maybe longer. Well past the wedding deadline. <laughs> they are more than happily married for a period of time now, but I'm going to get this darn quilt done. Um, so if you have listened to previous episodes or if you've ever done a Storm at Sea, you know there's four basic units that go into each block. Um, and then, so I finished sewing off four of the units back last spring and now I've been working on sewing those two units together or those four units together into two pairs and I just finished that tonight so now I'm finishing pressing all that out and just kind of lost steam in the middle of it and I decided you know I'm I don't have to push myself at this point it's gonna it'll move along um so I'm gonna finish pressing them tomorrow and then I actually get to start sewing the blocks or the the units together into blocks. So my goal is by the end of this weekend, I will have all the blocks sewn. Then the tricky part is I don't have a design wall big enough. Uh, I have no floor space big enough. I have nowhere in this house big enough for me to actually lay out this quilt fully. So what I'm going to do is um, do some math to figure out what size chunks I can do, and then um, where I can just kind of lay out a chunk at a time on my design wall and then sew those together in some sort of organized fashion. I don't want to just start laying stuff out. I want everything to kind of work. So I just, basically, I need to take the image that I printed out of the quilt at the very beginning and just draw lines to say, okay, I'm going to do this many blocks at a time do so many chunks of this number of blocks and then sew those all together and I'll be good to go. Once I get to that point, um, that'll go pretty fast because mostly in comparison because sewing this many stupid stinking little pieces together is killing me. That being said, the next two wedding quilts I have to do are once again sewing a bunch of stupid stinking little pieces together, but you know, I'll do it. Um, so what was, is there any more I want to say about that? I, 
I will say, uh, for those of you who have the AccuQuilt, I did use the Storm at Sea AccuQuilt cutter, which, did it speed it up? I don't know. I guess I, I've never done one of these without the AccuQuilt, so I can't really compare it in time. It probably sped it up. Um, it did, I think partly just, well, I think it was probably all because I did this over such a prolonged period of time. I thought I was taking good notes early on, but um, again, if you remember, you know, a couple of years ago when I first started doing podcast episodes about this, um, I kept ending up with either short of pieces or too many pieces or short of fabric or too much fabric. I just, I couldn't keep it together. <laughs> I could not keep it together about always making sure I had the right number first time out the door. And I, I had done all the math. I knew exactly how many pieces I needed of each one. Um, there are different pieces you have to cut X number of times. You know, it's not just laying everything on the, on the AccuQuilt die and cutting it and having all the pieces you need for the block. Cause obviously there's a lot of different fabric units that go into this and you do some parts twice and, and all of that. And so somewhere in there, no surprise if you've listened to my podcast, yeah, I messed up. I messed up a number of times. Um, and that's part of why this has taken so long. Now that I'm at this point, I really thought the last time through that I had cut, uh, that I had counted all of my pieces of every single block and pretty much had it down. Um, I don't. The good news is <laughs> now that I'm at the point of sewing two pairs of units together to make the block, um, I've gotten far enough to be able to do some counts, and I'm not short this time. <laughs> I think I have the full 120 blocks that I'm going to need for the size of quilt I'm making. Somehow, I ended up with 12 of one unit extra. Still don't know how. Um, and unfortunately, it's a rectangular-shaped unit, which is kind of tricky to just sort of sew together quickly into some other project. So I don't know. I just set them aside and I, I don't know what I'll do with those 12. But of course, you know, I'm sitting here sewing away and I get to the end. I'm like, yep, pieces left over. And, you know, darn it, if those probably aren't some piece that I thought, oh, I'm going to be short. I better find some more fabric and cut all this extra fabric because almost all of them have one of the same piece of fabric in them. Um, anyway, so that's my story. <laughs> I will get to the end of this dang storm at sea. And then the only thing I will say that have I learned anything from this that I didn't already know about myself? No, I already knew all this about myself. But I will say with these other two wedding quilts I have to do, um, I will get better about where I save the information. Because on this one, I had done the whole design. I had saved it all in Storm at Sea, and somewhere along the way, that file got lost. The computer file for Storm at Sea got lost in a change of computers or something. I don't know what happened. So I've kind of had to punt from there. I had a notebook with all of my math about the number of pieces, um, and I think I was just miscounting as I went because I was doing that over a period of time. So I have two more nieces that have definite wedding dates. One of them I had originally planned to do a um, log cabin 
design. And it might have even been the, um, oh, I can't remember the official name of it, but the one where you do different size strips so that it ends up looking more curved. That one, um, it, that might have been the design. And again, I have to go back because I had originally designed it in um, EQ. And I need to see if I still have the original file. And it's not, I mean, obviously, that's a common pattern. It's not like I have to rely on having the EQ version of it. But I know I had done some figuring around a particular size of block and how many of these things I was really going to want to sew. And so trying to get it as large a block as possible, but still not look too, anyway. I had done a lot of work on the design. <laughs> and I hate to just lose it. Um, my other niece just announced, I mean, they just got engaged. She does not have a specific wedding date yet. Um, but she's the sister of the one I'm doing the Storm at Sea. So I can't do like a really drastically simpler design now without it being really obvious that I'm not putting nearly as much time and effort into the second one. And indeed, there is a third daughter in that family. Um, but I don't think she's close to getting married. That could be famous last words. Uh, but I think I've got a little bit of time on that one. Um, so anyway, uh, that's my current life and what I've got going on. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the uh, folding the fabric on the fabric boards because when we last chatted, I was still finishing that up. And I am pleased to say I do now have it done. All of my fabric is on boards and on the shelves. Um, I got rid of, oh gosh, I think it was at least six medium-sized kitchen bags, garbage bags full of fabric. Might have been a little bit more than that. I still have two less full bags. I realize that filling bags does not make it easy to carry them. So I have two smaller bags um, of fabric that I just haven't gotten out of my office yet. I took all the fabric that I, the previous donation fabric, I ended up taking it to a charity fabric or charity craft shop um, over on the other side of town. And what it is, it's a store that takes donated craft items and then sells them and the proceeds go to elder services in that particular township. Um, and I am somewhat associated with that through a board I sit on. So I felt like, okay, I'll, I'll just take it all over there. Um, and that meant the fabric actually drove around in the back of my car for some time because trying to match my schedule with their open schedule was not a good thing. But I did finally get it over there. It felt good to get that all out of my um, quilt studio. And the other two bags I've got sitting here, I think I'm just going to bring them to a friend of mine, let her um, go through them first and then get rid of anything she doesn't want to use. Um, it actually feels really good to have less fabric on my shelves. And I do believe in having a stash. I know, you know, like every other quilter probably in the world, I started out saying, I just want to have, I'm only going to buy for the project. I'm not going to buy for a stash. The problem is with that, you can't just impulsively throw together something on the spur of the moment. A stash gives you flexibility. Um, and that's what I like. I like being able to to decide on a weekend, you know, I want to just do a fast little project. What do I have that I can use? I love doing that. 
Um, however, having so much fabric and much of it that had been on my shelf for so many years, and much of that had actually, I had inherited from my mom when she passed in 2009, and she had had it on her shelf <laughs> for years before that. It just starts feeling burdensome. It really does. Um, now, I know there's a bunch of you out there who are scrap quilters who want to use every last piece, and it's really fun for you to get fabric um, to, to use up every scrap. You can be very proud of yourselves for doing that, and I really celebrate that. That's not me. I love scrap quilts. I really do. Um, but when I have a fabric sitting on my shelf for too long, and by that I mean like older than my children who are young adults, <laughs> you know, whatever, um, it just starts making me feel anxious. I get anxious. And when I get anxious, it's not fun for me anymore. When I start looking at a fabric and thinking, I really have to use that fabric, quilting isn't fun for me anymore. Um, so what I did is I really, you know, the Marie Kondo thing now where you talk about does it spark joy, I no longer kept a fabric on my shelf just because I knew it made a good stash fabric. It was only if I could look at it and say, you know what, I actually want to use this fabric. Then I would keep it. So I have, I still have a good stash. I still have a lot of neutrals. I have a lot of good blender fabrics. Um, I have a lot of good medium prints. I have some just, I have a handful of just plain fun, funky. I still have a whole shelf of batiks. But all of them, maybe it's just because they're in more modern colorways now. Um, for those of you who are brand new quilters, you're falling in love with the colors that are out there now. Um, but in 10 years, those colors are going to start to look dated. You know, the, the colors I loved when I first started quilting are not the colors I love now. I still like them. It's not like I look at any of those quilts and think, ew. It's not that I think I will never, ever use that color again. It's just, yeah, I'm looking for fresher colors just like everybody else. So my stash now, my shelves now on their pretty little fabric bolts look far more like a quilt shop you would walk into today than a quilt shop you would have walked into 15 years ago. <laughs> That's what it was kind of looking like before. So that feels really good. It feels much more inspirational and just in general, I feel lighter um, and like my fabric stash is going to be fun for me to work with. Um, I did also clean out, I think I might have mentioned this earlier because I started doing this right off the bat. Um, I had all my two and a half inch strips, including all my jelly rolls, were stashed into one pullout drawer on my set of shelves. And um, it worked great, but it just started getting over full, which meant I couldn't ever really find it, you know, going in to find some scrap strips or whatever was just a burden. So with changing out all my fabric and getting rid of so much fabric, I now have all of my jelly rolls and honey buns and anything that comes in a circle <laughs> from a fabric store or, you know, the, the so sampler box that I subscribe to. That's all now stacked on the top shelf. Um, and it looks like a quilt shop and it just looks like, you know, the impulse buy candy at the cash register <laughs> when you're at a grocery store. Um, so I am really looking forward to 
getting the storm at sea to a point where I feel like, okay, I can periodically now just jam into a new pa- uh, project and just do some for fun. And I'm just going to be doing a whole lot of jelly rolls quilts, anything that has to do with a jelly roll or two and a half inch strips. It's going to be on my list because I do want to knock them out. Um, they don't all have to be super creative works of art. They can just be fun throw quilts that I could give people for birthday gifts or whatever. Um, you know, nobody else is going to care if this is a super simple pattern that goes together in a weekend. They're just going to think it's pretty. So um, that's kind of my goal for 2023 in my quilting is I will have these wedding quilts I need to do, but I also want to allow myself the space and time to just have fun with some um, jelly rolls. Speaking of goals for 2023, remember any of you who were listeners back in the day when I used to do the whole quilting resolutions every year? Yeah, it's not happening this year. Again, (laughs) I just, I'm really having to cut myself some slack at this stage. Um, Now that, I can't say we're post-pandemic because we're really not, but now that things are opening up some, I am as vaccinated as I can be and will continue to be. Um, I often joke to people that whenever I see somebody with a needle, I just stick out my arm. (laughs) It's like, bring it on, vaccinate me as much as you want. Um, So, you know, we're traveling more, we're we're out and about more, and um, I'm now going to visit uh, the churches in my region again, rather than just doing everything by Zoom. I still do a lot by Zoom, but I am traveling more. So I, you know, I'm just not going to have copious amounts of time or mental energy for really intricate quilting. Um, so everything I'm doing, even the the wedding quilts I'm doing, although they're small pieces, it's they're easy designs. You know, the log cabin doesn't take all that much thought. It takes organization. But once you get it down, it's all rote sewing. And so, you know, that's good for me for now. Um, I know I'm kind of, I'm sort of wandering. I do actually have notes <laughs> for this episode. Um, dilly flowers, I haven't really done anything on those in a while. I did a bunch of basting over the summer when I had time here and there, but I am haven't done any hand sewing with them. Um, did I, I think I brought them on my vacation in May. So I did a little bit then but haven't really done any sense. And um, I do want to start doing that again, but we also bought a new couch. And so uh, we went from a regular couch with an armchair that now we have a sectional. And my seat, the part that I designated for me, uh, is the end of the sectional that has kind of the built-in lounge. It it stretches out. So when I sit, my feet are automatically up, not on the separate ottoman, but fully up, which is incredibly comfortable. And it's so hard. We've only had this couch for a few weeks. And <laughs> my husband and I both joke that it is so comfortable compared to our old one that we sit on it and almost immediately are unconscious. We're trying to fight the sleep on this couch, but it is so comfortable. Um, But that does mean it's not the most ergonomic setup for hand sewing. And I do want to figure that out because I would like to start doing some um, EPP again. So I know this isn't the most exciting episode. I mostly wanted to do it to remember how to do it and to work out my muscles in all of that. Um, 
I would love if you would email me or uh, send me pictures or whatever of whatever your holiday projects are for those of you who celebrate any of the holidays happening at this time of year, um, any gift giving that you're doing, um, any decor, holiday decor quilts you're doing. I love looking at that stuff. So if you want to send me any of that, you can. Certainly. Um, my email is sandyquilts at gmail.com. I am also sandyquilts on Instagram. Uh, we have Sandy uh, we have Quilting for the Rest of Us on Facebook and, of course, our website at www.ab... Uh, sorry, <laughs> almost gave you my work one. www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. Um, I do have to say I just three days ago deleted my Twitter account because I cannot stand and refuse to support the current owner. I won't say any more about that, but it is, I'm just done. I am absolutely done. So I no I am no longer on Twitter. Um, so hope to see you in any of those other places. Meanwhile, until the next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 